uh, intimacy with the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. that is, that is the crux of where all healing is going to come from, whether it comes from a secular place or whether it comes within the church. Um, I truly believe that it's, it's within the Lord's intimacy, your relationship, your personal relationship with them um, and all persons of the Trinity and being able to navigate those places of of hurt Mm -hmm. and pain. Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, I am your host for today's show, Aaron Richards. I'm joined here in studio by my friends and brothers in Christ, Mr. Brad Pierin. Yes. Hello, Brad. Hey, Dan, what's up? Demetri- Dan, what's Dan. up over there? Uh, we have a special guest today, too. Uh, a special guest that I know dearly, and you don't yet, but um, Monica, my wife, has been working with us for here at Damascus since the founding of Catholic Youth Summer Camp back in 2001. Hmm. And Monica's joining us here for for a variety of different reasons. She probably Mm -hmm. should be here every time. Yeah, Uh, definitely. Beside Dan, But we've got got it. So she can smack me in the head. No smacking. Well, yeah, at least rebuke. Maybe like kind rebuttal. Monica's operating in a variety of capacities over the years, and one of which is keeping Dan on the straight and narrow. So we would not be here today. We all share that responsibility, a little bit. Uh, it's in everyone's job description, actually. Uh, anyway, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be an awesome an awesome show today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited, particularly for the topic that we're going to be addressing. It's a topic that is pertinent. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's pertinent and important here at Damascus, and I believe on everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's probably, but a, not necessarily everyone's lips. They don't know how to a, talk about it, so they just don't. There somewhere. Yeah, good point. We're, we're speaking about uh, we're speaking about the process of healing. And particularly the wholeness that comes from understanding that God's desire is not just for my healing of my body, right? But it's mm-hmm. for the healing of my mind, yeah. of my spirit, and all the things associated with that. So Monica is a doctor of clinical psychology mm-hmm. and works here at Damascus as our pastoral director. So uh, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Brad, you want to kick us off in prayer? Yeah, let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of our bodies, for the gift of our minds. Thank you for all the ways that you desire to bless us. Thank you for the ways that you love us. And we pray that today's episode, Lord, would be an episode that focuses on your goodness and how much of your goodness you long to give to us. So we pray that we would have open hearts, that we'd have open ears, and that we'd be able to hear things in new ways today so that we can live our lives in new ways after this. And it's Mm -hmm. in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the the Father, and the Son, the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, so we call the show Beyond Damascus. Uh, We haven't, I guess, we used to open every show with this, but we haven't in a Mm -hmm. while. If you're new joining us on the podcast, welcome. Yeah. Um, We call it Beyond Damascus. One of the reasons because we work here at this place called Damascus. So we we work at a a mission campus called Damascus in Centerburg, Ohio, Mm -hmm. and it's here where we have a missionary community who serves young people primarily through programs and events that awaken, empower, and equip a generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith. Yeah, and the idea is that we want to take that which happened at Damascus, namely Paul encountering the Lord, out beyond the 471 acres here at Damascus. So um, hopefully that happens today. Yeah, so St. Paul, as you know, Christian, right? St. Paul uh, encountered— Wait, what if I'm a Christian? I don't know. 
Well, you're going to learn it. You're going to learn it right now. (laughs) He wrote like the majority of the New Testament. St. Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was awakened to faith there. And then a couple Mm -hmm. other really cool things happened. He went back into the Christian community at Damascus. There he was welcomed while he was blind. Mm -hmm. And he was empowered to newness of faith in the city of Damascus. He Mm -hmm. He was prayed for by the Christian community. He experienced healing. Uh, and restoration of his heart and his body. And mm-hmm. then ultimately he was equipped there and sent out in the mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brad, he, once again, Brad's introduced himself before. He's our, he's our missionary program director mm-hmm. here. I mean, yeah. that's the purpose of our, of our missionary program mm-hmm. in addition to all the stuff we do. Yeah, the, the goal is that they would come to a place and be empowered and equipped to live what they experience here with them for the rest of their lives. And I think what I love about the topic today, like being... Um, whole in body and mind and spirit. The idea that like God brought Paul to wholeness in Damascus, right? Like Paul encounters the living God on the road to Damascus. He gets brought into Damascus. And what happens there? Like scales fall from his eyes. His mind that once thought one way began to think a new way, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like his spirit, which was dedicated to one thing was now dedicated to a new thing, right? Because when we encounter Jesus, we go out on mission, but we come from a fundamentally different place because in that encounter, he changes us. And so I think with our missionaries, that's the goal is that they would encounter the Lord in such a way that it changes them and they can live that for. I think that's really cool because God loved Paul so much that he Mm -hmm. took, like Paul was there for three years at Damascus. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to shortchange this, like get your eyes healed, get you on the road. I got work to do, right? He's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to take time with you and really allow you to grow and mature and, and become whole. And, and then I'm going to deploy you in this life changing, world changing, global postulate. Yeah. Well, and Paul lets people know that one of our foundational verses, I'm sure you're going to get to this, Aaron, is Romans 12 too, right? Um, be not conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Like what, what Paul's saying is like, my mind was renewed. Like something happened where my mindset changed. The way that I once thought is not how I think now. And there's a freedom that comes with that. Uh, there's, there's a greater wholeness that comes with that. And I, I want to impart that to you, church in Rome. Uh, don't conform your, yourself to all of the things going on around you, yeah. but conform yourself to that which transcends all of this, yeah. right? Like that Jesus is real, that he loves you, and that he wants more for you than you could ever want for yourself. Yeah. Well, that's really, because that actually is what repentance is, metanoia. It's the change sure. in the mind away. or the transformation mm-hmm. of the mind. And, and I, I I don't know, maybe even <laughs> in this context, because uh, like, I think sometimes it's hard to talk about uh, the healing of the whole person or wholeness and all these like topics. And so that idea of like repentance is this transformation. And mm-hmm. am I being transformed through this healing process? That's good. I, I like to just example um, when we teach about that, that transformation process mm-hmm. Of when you're when you're driving down the road, I guess this is a little different with GPS now. <laughs> but like when you're driving down the road, it's that moment between the point at which you know you're going the wrong way and you finally resolved to stop. Yeah, that's real. There, there's like there's a there's a decision that needs to be made that okay, I've got momentum that's carrying yes. me in this direction, <laughs> and I know that I need to stop. <laughs> every, every second it could I get, get further me away. Right, right, right. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> and I don't know if you're anything like me, but sometimes like that process between realizing and making a decision, mm-hmm. I actually pass the opportunity. <laughs> it's like there was a perfect driveway to yes. turn around there, and now there's just a farm field. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure on many <laughs> levels that could be applied to our lives. But yeah. uh, Monica, do you want to speak to maybe um, the missionary program here at Damascus and and what it is that we do with our missionaries in the course of two years. Yeah. And Brad, feel free to chime in. But, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think essentially what I would say is that we help them see that, 
uh, the life in the church uh, that Holy Spirit calls us to is is possible, and mm-hmm. um, that their conversion of their hearts and their minds are necessary for that process. And that the Lord doesn't look at them as just, I want you to serve for me, but I want to bring you in relationship with me and a wholeness with me. And mm-hmm. through that overflow, that is how we're going to set the world ablaze. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the two-year program is is fundamentally designed in that way, to bring them in, to to foster intimacy with them and the Lord, and then to give them mission so they can practically see and be the mm-hmm. hands of Christ mm-hmm. um, with empowerment of the Holy Spirit and just be completely amazed with what the Lord can do with their yeses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brad, if you could uh, if you could speak to the value of being a missionary at Damascus, maybe particularly to uh, a young man. Yeah, sure, right, right, right. <laughs> we're uh, we're in the middle of missionary recruiting season. Yeah, and uh, and men, if you want to uh, if you want to live a life that changes lives, no, that's so good. Well, and at, and I, why I even think that points right, right? Yeah. Like that. Um, what what we say is naturally true for every person, but. Um, in this season of the church, it seems like the receptivity of our sisters can actually call us on as brothers to see, okay, why are they willing to receive that? And why am I a little more hesitant to receive it? But I, I think that, um, yeah, the reality of the missionary program here at Damascus is that it's going to push you to do things that you never thought you could do before. Yes. But alongside you is going to be people that are like championing that entire process. So I, I think that's where the hesitancy comes in is that like what we do at Damascus is challenging. Mm-hmm. Like we have middle schoolers and high schoolers here five days a week, almost all day long, you know, and then we go and serve in their youth groups. And then on Monday we get formed and how to do that better. And then Tuesday we try to put that into action a little bit on site and then we do it again. And there's, there's a fullness to that schedule that can cause hesitancy in me. But I think what Damascus attempts to do in that is to say, you're capable of more than you've ever known before. And in order to assist you in that and support you in that, Mm -hmm. we're going to walk alongside you. And that's what Monica does so well is informing our pastoral leaders, which are literally just older brothers and sisters that are like, hey, I've been in that program before too. I know what it's like to think, I don't want to get up today and run (laughs) another small group. And uh, just to be able to go through that and to experience the life that comes from that. And so I think that's what I would say is that like, if you've heard of our missionary program before, or even if you haven't, if you're discerning some other missionary program, if you're like, oh, I'm hesitant because this is going to be a lot. Well, there's abundant grace whenever we step into something we never knew we could do before. One of our favorite phrases here is both and. We keep going back to that in all of our shows. I think a lot of times people are like, Mm -hmm. okay, I got to get, I got to get healed up. I've got to get restored. I have to be transformed and then I'll start my mission. Right. But I think what we see here is in a healthy culture, Mm -hmm. um, with the right accompaniment, the right, like care, Mm -hmm. the mission kind of exposes certain things that maybe you didn't even know was there. Like we say, like when you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the, sometimes you get squeezed by a tight schedule or you get squeezed by a small group that's (laughs) not going well. You get squeezed by you're up on stage and something goes really like, you just yeah. failed, right? Yeah, yeah. All of these different things you squeeze and you're like, whoa, yeah. wait a second. All of a sudden this is happening inside mm-hmm. of me. I didn't know that was there. Mm-hmm. What do I do with this? Yeah. And I think that's, it's really important to realize that you don't like, once you start ministry, that doesn't mean you have to be like perfect all yeah, the time, yeah. right? That like once things start like getting exposed, like, whoa, what do I do with this yeah, now? Right. It's a vulnerable and place. Because, and it's not just, it's, so it's both and like, I'm yeah, going to be, mm-hmm. I'm going to encounter and mission. Yeah. And then I go back to a deeper encounter. Then I yes. go to more mission and then deeper encounter. And it mm-hmm. gets really scared if you're just like mission, 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 without going back to the yeah. heart of the father and saying, Hey, when I'm out in the battlefield, this stuff's happening. Yes. I need yep. more healing. I need more wholeness. Yeah. Cause yeah. you're never going to be enough out there. No. You're, you're never enough in the battlefield. So if it's just the battlefield all the time without mm-hmm. someone looking at you and saying, I got your back. Like, I know what it might look like, but I have you, mm-hmm. right? Then all I'm doing is out in the battlefield overwhelmed that like, well, 
I don't know if I can stay out here all the time yeah. and, and to have that voice. And well, and I think at Damascus too, it's like a little microcosm of what, how the church was created, right? We were mm-hmm. created for community. We were created to have brothers and sisters walking alongside of us yeah. and say, you're not bad for having that stuff from your past. You're not bad for having yeah. that struggle. Mm-hmm. Like let's bring, let the Lord bring that to light and let's conquer that together. Let yeah. me be it because we feel like mm-hmm. they represent who we are. And yeah. that's just completely opposite of how the Lord has like has mm-hmm. created us to be. Mm-hmm. So I think Damascus actually allows for that stuff to come up in a healthy way and for it to be acknowledged and processed and walked with and championed yeah. because you're going to get squeezed whether you're at Damascus yeah. or out there in the world. Mm-hmm. You're going to get squeezed I, probably more right. out in the world. <laughs> right. So right. it allows right. an accompaniment while you are in that squeezing process. Monica, you have such an awesome heart for people in leadership in the church and uh, whether mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. priest, religious, uh, lay leaders who are in public ministry and maybe have a hard time feeling like they can expose those wounds or share those wounds because... Uh, what developed that heart for you and how, like, how do you, what would you say to them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest is they, those individuals and, and, you know, all of us are in that boat, right? Mm-hmm. We're not outside of that, but they have such a heart of service. They have such this desire to fulfill the plan on their life that God has created them for, but they're doing that bleeding. They're doing that with eight gaping wounds. And that's mm-hmm. not the way the Lord has asked to, to do us. Like mm-hmm. he's asked us to allow him to come into those places to heal those places, right. to put band-aids on those places until they can get further healing so that mm-hmm. we can actually become that person that we've mm-hmm. been created to be. So my 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 uh, my draw to that is I just I just want to help people become who they meant to be. And I think sometimes we believe, believe this lie that we can't, that's not possible, yeah. that this is the yeah. best it's going to be. And I just got to wake up every morning and do the thing that's in front of me mm-hmm. um, when that's like not the life the Lord has asked us to <laughs> yeah. embrace. Not the gospel yeah. at all. That doesn't sound no, like good news. No, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> not good news. Yeah, and in that vulnerability, and Aaron, I think you do this so well too, but like, like when you go to a place of vulnerability, I, I think you were just mentioning the thing with the men, like it, it admits to the fact that there's an area of my life that I don't have the strength that I would yep. desire yet, mm. right? And that is really hard to admit, <laughs> especially when you're in leadership. To your yes. point, Dan, it's like, I am not yet what I desire to be yes. in this area for you yes. and for the others I'm leading. Yes. Whoa. How do people receive that? Like, it's really hard yeah. to just sit there and just let that sit because you want to like make an excuse. It's like, well, because, um, because this, these other things right. and, and because it's not me, I'm not bad. I promise I'm not bad. Yeah. I'm really trying, right? Like there's something to that vulnerability that I think adds to the hesitancy. But to Monica's point, like if we would find ourselves in an environment where it's like, it's okay that you're struggling. Let's talk about that Mm -hmm. and see how maybe next time we can have a different strategy that doesn't lead to the same struggle. Right. And the church needs to be that environment, not necessarily just Damascus. And Damascus as part of the church, apostolates, of course, but parishes, schools. Yeah, absolutely. When I think that like you think about discipleship and Paul's great phrase, imitate me as I imitate Christ, to some extent, that's like it it, it can also become a crushing burden. Like imitate me as Mm -hmm. I imitate Christ. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I have to be perfect all the time. And now I'm teaching you because I'm in ministry, I had to teach you and I had to present myself as perfect all the time because uh-huh. I'm your representation of Jesus or I'm rep- right. your representation of the church. And that just can become burdensome mm-hmm. if if not from a authentic heart of understanding that I'm in the process of being mm-hmm. healed. I'm in the process mm-hmm. of of ongoing growth and transformation yeah, yeah. myself. Right. Yeah. St. John Paul II, um, he, he spoke and said that, that man can only come to know himself through a complete gift of himself, yeah. mm-hmm. right? It's the, it's the foundation of the theology of the body. It, it, it mm. draws upon our understanding of, of Trinitarian theology itself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, that's sort of the balance, right? That, yeah. that we, have a, we have a culture who's, who's 
frustrated by by two sort of opposing values. The first mm-hmm. is I, I want to come to know myself. I want to give myself away. Right. Like yeah. I want to live for something meaningful. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there's a sense that I'm not ready or that I don't have what it takes. Or when I go out there that mm-hmm. I'm going to be frustrated or, yeah. that, or that I need to, I need to button down. Mm-hmm. I need to come into my, mm-hmm. you know, into my secret. Yeah. Comfort zone yeah. In order to find the stability that I mm-hmm. need to live my life. Yeah. Life. That mindset. And mm-hmm. So, so here at Damascus, you know, uh, we're not we're not the solution to every problem. Definitely not. But but we've but we've thought about this, and yes. and, and the Lord the Lord, <laughs> I think the Lord's given a particular grace on on this community that's discerned a process for formation. So how do we do it here? Well, in the midst of everything that we're doing, we, we've got a we've got a solid formation program that starts with that premise, right? It starts mm-hmm. with the with the question of who am I, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's right. And how can I come to understand and to minister out of my sonship, right? Yes. How can I can I realize that I'm first and foremost a son and a daughter of mm-hmm. God? And mm-hmm. uh, we're right in the midst of it right now, right? So we're we're actually teaching our our, our first year missionaries um, this process. We just finished our first quarter on yeah. identity formation, and our second quarter, right to back it up, is is a quarter completely focused on mm-hmm. the gifts that the church offers of healing yeah. mm-hmm. and, and freedom and wholeness, right? So. Uh, you know, I, I love it that we, we've we've got this invitation to embrace an understanding that God God desires your freedom more yes. than you do, yes. right. right? God desires for you to be free. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and sometimes I feel like in in the practice of the faith, I'm like, I got to get this thing right before I can step into yeah. a life of trust mm-hmm. in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's just not reality. It's not. Well, it goes to Dan's point. I, I think I would love to hear what you think on this too, Monica, but like, when I, when I see people go into that mindset, right? So Paul says, imitate me imitating Christ. And we're like, well, I can't be that perfect. Well, if, if you've ever read Paul write about himself, right. like, like Paul says, I do the things that I don't yeah. want to do. He says yeah. that I live with this thorn in my side yeah. that I can't rid myself of. Yeah. Like, I, I think that we sometimes live in a fiction that puts a pressure on us that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. So in the fiction is that everyone around me has it all together. Yes. Yet I don't. Yes. Everyone else who's in these leadership positions, they have it on the straight and narrow, and I'm somewhere off the beaten path. And I think like redefining that Promise narrative, redefining that narrative. I don't know. Yes. There's something about the narrative. I think. Well, but yeah. uh, I think sometimes the reason you we think that is because we we expose only the good. Like right. like Jesus after hmm. his resurrection, it says that he hmm. showed them his wounds. Right. Mm-hmm. There's something profound about that. That like that I. Like we just in social media, we just present all the awesome stuff, right? In human relationships, sometimes people ask us, "How are you doing?" And mm-hmm. do we actually share how we're doing with our our friends, yeah. or do we hide behind? Or even uh, in the garden with Jesus, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he like he. There was a moment where he was like, "I I don't want to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I am the Son of Man, mm-hmm. and I don't want to do this." Mm-hmm. And I think, um, yeah, you know, a lot of ways we pick out the perfection of Jesus that we see. But if we read the scripture, there's he's, he's, there's his humanity in it too. I mean, that of was intentionally course. there um, by God, the father to put that in there, mm-hmm. put that in him so that we mm-hmm. can be able to relate. Um, yeah. So I think that's, it's a beautiful way to, to see Jesus as relatable and actually mm-hmm. have a better expectation of what the yeah. Lord's asking us to walk into. Well, and his vulnerability, mm-hmm. like, right. like his passion, like how I've been just reflecting on that for a while now. And like, just how exposed he was. Like what well, must have been on a mind of like a person, like, yeah. like as a human being, like just, um, yet, yet in his, in his hesitancy, he still said yes. And I think if we could do that in our walks with our, mm. our mental status, our yeah. spiritual status, like wherever we're at in our walk, like if we could just say, 
I'm hesitant and I acknowledge that, but I'm going to say yes, because yeah. I believe God's there. Like, like I'm not going to conform to the world. I'm going to, I'm going to go about trying to transform my mind and my spirit to come into agreement with what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. There's just something yeah. to that narrative that's positive and powerful. Well, and I think too, just for like the clarity's sake too, mm -hmm. um, we're all supposed to go, we're all supposed to follow, but that doesn't mean that every single season of our life, we are doing all the things. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes Good we word. do need to take Good a word. set out and yeah, just yeah. Um, allow the Lord to be able to be in that place with us. And if that means not doing the things you would typically do, like leading Bible studies at your church or parish missions mm -hmm. or mom's groups, like there are seasons that we are actually very prudently supposed really to say, good. this is not the season that mm -hmm. I feel mm -hmm. I'm overflowing with God's yeah, grace sure, sure, sure. to the point to that's serve. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we teach at Damascus is that when mm -hmm. you say that you mm -hmm. need time or not to be on this retreat, yeah. that's honored. Yeah. We don't always say yes to it, right? Sure. Like, cause sometimes we say no to things that yeah, is yeah, our fleshy yeah. stuff. But, yeah. but I think that is the model of being able to say, mm -hmm. I'm called a mission. I want to serve. But at different seasons, it's going to yeah, look different. Yeah. And you're okay in that place too. Yeah. You know? and, See that and written in Jesus's life. He's like, <laughs> sometimes the apostles are like, hey, you got 5,000 people gathered there. Right. Yeah. You're still doing your thing over you're here. You're yeah. yeah. with the father. Yeah, like, can we just, like, can we know, go? There's that mission over yeah. here. And well, he uh, also took 30 years off. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've been building tables really excellently for 30 years then. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, this is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm really pumped for this, uh, for this conversation. Mm -hmm, uh, I, I, I want to, I want to lay some framework. So, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times, one of the things we lead with when I, when we preach here at Damascus is that when we speak of what God can do, God's present with the grace to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be speaking today mm -hmm. about healing and about wholeness of, of soul, mind, emotion, body. Um, as we speak and as we pray and as we invite you to participate in today's content, mm -hmm. I, I just I want to, in faith, um, prepare the way mm -hmm. that 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 God may begin to move in your own heart and in your own mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So be receptive. You know, we we listen to those promptings of the Spirit, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's a, a a sense that we're receiving, whether that's a feeling, whether that's a word or a vision, even. Um, be ready. Yeah. to receive from the Lord as we speak, that, that maybe this message isn't just content that you're supposed to hear, but this is an invitation mm -hmm. yes. for you to participate. That's a good word. You know, Pope, Pope Benedict, he, he, healing is such a kind of a provocative word. I don't know. Maybe it's just in the circles that we run in mm -hmm. um, on, on like the, the interface between, between the, the charismatic expression of the faith mm -hmm. and, and not, right? Mm -hmm. That when we speak of healing, sometimes people will either jump on board and, you know, it's like, it's like, Mm -hmm. Dan wearing your Donald Trump hat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna polarize yourself in in. Uh, I'm joking. You don't actually. <laughs> no, but the analogy you're, stands. You're, I see what you're, you're saying. You're gonna you're gonna polarize yourself potentially when you step into this conversation on healing. Yeah. That either the charismatics are gonna pat you on the back, or the or the you know traditionalists are gonna say it's almost uh, like it's uh, a uh, it's a brake pedal or a gas pedal depending yeah. on who's. I, I just want to break that today. That, yeah. That's not what we're about, mm -hmm. and it's not what the church is about. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to quote, uh, you know, the the German um, shepherd, right? Pope Benedict. He speaks. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best. I, you never know what I know. I love has it. A quote. I love is it a Jedi? This is, is no, it this is a good like, German When you said the German shepherd in my mind, I'm in so many places. <laughs> that is such a good name for Benedict. I wonder if he would, I bet he would receive it. I bet he'd love it. It's like right, Colonel Ratzinger. Um, healing is an essential dimension of the apostolic mission and of Christianity. Okay, that's that's pretty bold. <laughs> Just wait, Sick. more to come. When understood at a sufficiently deep level, healing 
expresses the entire content of redemption. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, period. End of story. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the mission of the church is healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh and, and and furthermore, we, we don't wanna we don't wanna draw a distinction. I think I think one of the areas that we can often come up short mm-hmm. is to try to box healing and wholeness in to one particular thing, mm-hmm. right? Oh no no no! The healing that God speaks of—it's actually just the healing of our soul, mm-hmm. right? Um, that all all the miracles in Scripture—they're just a—they're just a symbol to yeah. show that mm-hmm. that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Um, in fact, you know, there's a there's a beautiful time there's a beautiful moment in Scripture where where we we see that quote from Isaiah um, 53, where by his by his stripes we were healed, that he mm-hmm. took upon himself our transgressions, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, and. And oftentimes we can think, okay, let's, that's beautiful. By the, by the suffering of Jesus, our hearts and our souls were healed. Yeah. Yet in Matthew's gospel, mm-hmm. uh, the, evan- you know, the evangelist himself, he says that in order that that scripture may be fulfilled, mm-hmm. Jesus healed mm-hmm. the bodies of those who were yeah. suffering, yeah. Of those who, 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 needed, mm-hmm. who needed redemption. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's both and? It's bo- uh, well, Whoa! And it's all, well, no, it's to the point though. Very it's, novel. And, it, yeah. no, it, and it's also important because we also don't want to fall into heresy yeah. where we divide the body, mind, mm. and spirit. Yeah, like, like that, that's not a good idea. It's just not a good idea yeah. because it's like if, if he cares about, like even if we create it hierarchically. Yeah. So he cares about my mind more than my body or my body more than my mind. It's like, what? It yeah. just seems Arbitrary. absurd because <laughs> if he infinitely loves every part of me, I don't know, yeah. but the last time yes. I checked, infinity cannot outdo infinity. <laughs> so like he, he loves all of those aspects mm. equally mm. and wants to bring us as a whole person back to the father. Yeah. Like that's, that's Jesus's mission, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll throw one more quote out there. Cause I think it's awesome. Uh, father Emiliano Tardif, he says, Jesus offers a salvation that embraces the whole person. Mm-hmm. He didn't come just to save souls. Wow. He's concerned about the total person, which means both the soul and the body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, that's just like a, a summary of what you're saying, but sometimes we need permission to hear it from a yeah, priest. No, right. <laughs> well, no, and there's authority there, but I, I, that's exactly the, that's the, that's the point is the, yeah, is that it's all. It's okay. All. Okay. Anyway, um, I, I, I want to jump in. Um, Monica, thank you for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear sort of your, your story uh, and, and how you came to faith, you know, Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to talk about how an encounter with Jesus Every authentic encounter with the person of Jesus, it leads us to a place of responding and mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's been the story of your life. Yeah. Yes. Amen. So uh, would you be open to sharing with us just how, how you came to faith in the Lord? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I was raised, uh, my mom is Catholic, my dad is Baptist, and he is such an honorable man that he has honored my mom's faith and uh, agreed for us to be brought up in the faith. So I've been always around Catholic stuff, um, but really uh, did not really, f- like my first Unfortunately, my first encounter with Jesus was not in the Catholic Church. Um, it was in a Methodist church and um, felt the first time a sense of presence with Holy Spirit and Jesus and um, was like so determined to leave the Catholic Church. Like I'm, I'm, I'm out, like peace out. If this is, if this is what I can experience in this church. Um, How and- old were you? I was in high school. Okay. Wow. Uh, I had not been confirmed yet, but I um, was in high school and um, God is so good in how he works. My small group leader on this Protestant retreat was Catholic. Catholic. And I, when I said this during small group sharing, cause I thought it was very mm-hmm. profound in saying this, um, mm-hmm. she pulled me aside. <laughs> love this. I, she pulled me aside after and she's like, Monica, you cannot leave the church. Oh, I'm like, what God. are you talking about? She's like, I'm Catholic. And I was like, you're Catholic. <laughs> and she, by like, by her example, you know, she yeah. helped me see who Holy Spirit was. And, um, That's amazing. 
And so it would just start that process for me of really understanding who the Catholic Church is and the wisdom and the knowledge and the resources that she has um, throughout my, my high school year. And I was really involved with youth group, right? Mm-hmm. So going back to what Dan said, I really had no sense of theology at all as a high school student, but I had that encounter with Jesus and I had that place in which he was asking me to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just, that's just how he brought me in. And ever mm-hmm. since then, you know, it was uh, with summer camp that we were doing. I just kept saying yes and yes and yes. Um, so so grateful for our yes, Protestants, brothers yes. and sisters who mm-hmm. helped me come back into the church mm-hmm. in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. And because we started as a summer camp, this is just a fun additive. I don't know if you knew this, Dan, but I uh, stumbled across a box of Jenga blocks the other day uh, yes. and I found Monica and Aaron's name on it from like early days of camp. <laughs> yeah. And I like looked at them and I was like, oh my goodness, these like blocks that used to build a Jenga tower have become blocks that have helped build Damascus. So I was like, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to text them. So praise God for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. For saying yes. yes to camp for all the years. So yes. good. Awesome. And, uh, and so I, I know you pretty well. Yes, uh, <laughs> you do. So there's a, there's a parallel track too. Um, that's sort of a witness to the professional life that you were called to live and, mm-hmm. uh, and also how that's interfaced with faith. Yes. So, like I said at the start of the show, um, Monica is a is a doctor of clinical psychology, mm-hmm. and I I love to brag on kind of what this I guess the, at least the part of it that I know the story of how you sort of came to find that God had a call in your life yeah. for mm-hmm. ministry to the hearts of yeah. His children. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it really started of you know you have to go to well not have to but back then it was like you just go to college and um, there wasn't mm-hmm. really a choice outside of that. <laughs> And so any major that sounded appealing was, I want to be a child psychologist. I love children and I loved seeing them be who they could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was through the, actually the process of studying, the Lord really was speaking to me, that Holy Spirit would highlight topics and books and authors. And mm-hmm. I just, I was up in my room when all my uh, roommates were watching The Bachelor. I'd be up in my room by myself studying and mm-hmm. uh the Lord and I just really had this intimate place of learning and education. Man, you missed the bachelor. I know. I was. I. I. I did. Listen, I they did watch some in. episodes. They right? for yeah. sure filled me in. Um, but it was just this like time where the Lord was like, "No, I'm really setting you apart, um, mm-hmm. and I, I really do have a mission on your life to really help bring people to me." I had no idea of the words or the the, the connotation there, but it really wasn't until my doctoral studies where I realized there was this huge divide between faith and our and our church, or faith in psychology, mm-hmm. but it was never historically like that. Like the study of psychology, the root word of psychology in Latin means to, like to heal the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like where it first started and it has turned to be very different than that mm-hmm. right now. But, mm-hmm. um, it was many struggles and many nights of like, Lord, you have me in this school that's teaching me this, but this is what I know is true mm-hmm. about your faith and my, and your heart and the church. Um, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to be able to stand up for my faith in a predominantly uh, liberal environment, um, whom I loved, the professors and everybody around me, but it really forced me to really take my Catholic faith on mm-hmm. and really honor the Lord for what he was asking me to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was cool when you were in college, it was <clears throat> neat to like, so many people go to college and they just, they just study because they have to study. Like, right. I got to get my degree. I yeah. got to get this over with, or I'm going to go, I'm going to get my degree and then I'll start my mission. And mm-hmm. like your witness was really neat because you were like so mission focused in college. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. study, yeah, study, yeah, yeah. study, 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 study like crazy so that I can change people's lives. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just really interesting to, uh, to see that boldness in your formation of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take formation serious. Mm-hmm. because it's going to transform people's right. lives. And if I slack off, then I can't, I can't uh, effectively impact people's lives as much. Mm-hmm. So beautiful witness to that. And I think the, 
the neat thing to that too is it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this mission so that I can like work in the church someday. Right. You know, never like, wanted to do that. that. Your mm, your right. passion was <laughs> still don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, uh, and uh, just that ability though to to have that mission in the world and to see the value of like, there's goodness in other apostolates that aren't just church work that I can be a missionary no matter what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And my schoolwork can be missionary work. My, my secular job can be missionary work. I think you witnessed to that really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even in, um, even in your, like your doctoral studies, Mm -hmm. uh, your, your thesis was even Mm -hmm. on a particularly Catholic topic. Mm -hmm. What was it, what was it like witnessing to the value and the good of the church in the midst of a, pretty anti-church mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what's actually funny is I didn't want it to be on a church, right? So back then in my life, I was very much studying forensic psychology, wanted to be in prisons and juvies, like that's where I wanted to be. Um, and Lord was like, no, we're actually going to do your dissertation on the church. And I was like, Lord, I will get annihilated if I have that as my <laughs> dissertation and I will not get any jobs after my my education. Because um, usually your thesis is to get you mm-hmm. in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was so clear. He's like, Monica, I got you in this doctorate program. So like, this is actually what we're going to do. So it actually ended to be, um, a pretty beautiful process, but very, uh, you know, I was evangelizing to my professors. I was recatechizing into them, like what the Catholic church believed and specifically what my dissertation on was on uh, seminary formation. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, they just had a lot of thoughts about Catholic seminary. Um, and uh, it was a, it was beautiful to witness, but it definitely was uh, a grueling process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what, what's what's a few nuggets from that? Like just if you're talking about seminary formation and the, the need for making awesome priests or not making awesome priests, mm-hmm. but preparing young yes. men to be awesome priests, what was the, your your deep takeaway from that? Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's it's actually really represented in our, our missionary program currently mm-hmm. was that the premise was identity, was this uh, the idea that young men who go to study the priesthood cannot lose who they are in mm-hmm. the academic rigor of seminary mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. um, we need to be able to foster that and empower that and encourage that because mm-hmm. your intellectual side needs to be uh, paired with the human formation, right? Like go back to uh, our church fathers who knew that was a real thing, but yeah. Um, that was, that was just yeah. the beautiful part. Well, and that's the, that's to back to the wholeness point too, right. right? That like when God calls you into seminary, when he calls you into a dating relationship, when he calls you into priesthood or into marriage, he calls the whole of you into that. Yeah. He's not like, actually, let me change you to just your intellectual side, yes. or let me change you just to your non-intellectual side. Yes. He's like, I actually, I need all of you to step into this call. And so yeah. I, I think that's amazing. And I, I love also, I, uh, I've been reflecting on the psychology piece because I've mm-hmm. seen that before that it, it goes back to like the healing, the study of the mm-hmm. soul. Um, early in the church, they would call priests soul doctors, mm-hmm. actually. So the, the, the idea was like you would call like a, a physical doctor, a medical doctor, mm-hmm. if you needed something physical and you would call the soul doctor <laughs> if something was like something was awry, like maybe you were anxious about something mm-hmm. or something, either a soul doctor would be called in. To, to minister. I and that's Damascus so worship cool. should write a song called Soul Doctor. <laughs> Soul Doctor Yeah. Like, I, no, like we, we could really get it. You know, you'll uh, love this. Like, what, what genre no, would that I song first, be? Soul Doctor. Grunge, yeah, probably grunge. grunge yeah. Techno. No, I, uh, but no, when, you, when I, uh, well, I, I, when I first heard it, I legitimately, this just goes to my, my pride and the Lord's humbling me, but like, I was like, I don't think that's real. I think this is some new age <laughs> stuff. Like, like Soul Doctor <laughs> no, sounds, Soul Doctor. it sounds weird. It just sounds like someone that's like, give me $5. <laughs> 
and something will happen. But yes. um, can, no, can we change real. your title no, here? No, I, I, actually, I, I saw this You're coming, and so I was angry. really, really going to be very firm. I, I probably no, shouldn't clap I'm not close a soul to my doctor. microphone, but um, no, I'm but, a child I'm of God. Sorry, I'm sorry. You're going to have to go see the soul yeah, doctor. No, no, no. No, no, no. That that ends here. Yeah, because now it you're going. It won't go anywhere else. I yeah, promise. Like, oh man, no, I'm not. Because when you said that, I will say one more thing. When you said that, I saw like a like no. We love guidance counselors, but I saw like a guidance counselor room. Like you're gonna go see the soul doctor because halfway through, that's not helpful. But um, what is helpful though is that like the church is always has always. Let's see how you can do. It. Let's go. The church is always known the, the soul. Um, um, it like the soul and the state of our soul, it, it, it affects the entirety of yes. our person. So yeah. like in the same way that the state of my body like affects my soul. Think about Ignatius when he talks about physical desolation and physical consolation. Mm-hmm. Like that's the idea that my body is actually affecting my soul. Yes. My soul affects my body. My mind affects my body. My mind affects my soul. So like there's this interconnectivity there, right? That the church has always known about and that, that soul doctor, right? Coming in, it wasn't just so that we can get everything inside you, right? It's like, let's get you back mm-hmm. to whole and let's yeah. see like what's off here so we yeah. can get the other things functioning yeah. back. When we, when we speak of the, the movement of the Holy Spirit, right? That we, we, mm-hmm. we look to, historically what the Spirit's spoken through the saints and to the tradition of the church and through scripture. And then we also mm-hmm. look to what the Holy Spirit's speaking now. Yeah. And I think that it is, it is really beautiful to, you know, there, there are, there are moments where we can be convicted and reminded that this is a now message yes. mm-hmm. based on what we see the Spirit doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, we spoke about the uh, the foundations of the program here at Damascus and how, mm-hmm. how we've got a, we've got a tremendous focus on healing and on identity. Right. Um, and it's, it's neat for me to see because w- what, what, what we've identified is that we didn't pick up a book or a curriculum okay. when we, when we opted to build this, this way, si- right. you know, six years ago. Um, but rather we listened to the prompting of the Holy spirit and saying, okay, identity is, it's a topic worth investing our hearts in, mm-hmm. right. That, that healing is a topic worth investing our hearts in. And uh, it, it seemed like even for a, for a couple of years, um, we were, we were not, we were not, uh, we didn't have a lot of accompaniment in there beating that drum. There weren't cheerleaders. There, right? were, there was sure. a lot of critics. Sure, uh, sure. But now you, you see, you see the Holy Spirit truly bubbling yes. up in the church yeah. mm-hmm. with, with, with a powerful message. And I would argue even in the secular culture. Yeah. Most of the books that are bestsellers right now. With, yeah. with identity a powerful focus. message of, of, identity mm-hmm. of wholeness and mm-hmm. of healing right? yeah that that it's almost like this is a message that the holy spirit desires yes. for his people to hear yeah yes. mm-hmm. so if you're not gonna find it by normal routes mm-hmm. i'm just gonna inject it into your hearts mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and that's what we're seeing here that that's that's the reason that we've built our program here to respond in such a way mm-hmm. and um i i just I, i'd re-echo the invitation earlier right that that if 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 you're looking for a place to Find yourself through a through mm-hmm. a gift of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Or even if if there's an interest in your heart mm-hmm. of, um, Lord, I, I'm I'm interested in psychology, right? I'm right. interested in the study of of hearts. Mm-hmm. That, that you can do this yeah. on mission, yeah, yes. on mission in the church. with a Catholic context. And yeah. I think mm-hmm. just to give honor, um, you know, Dr. Bob Schutz and the JP2 Healing Center in yeah, Tallahassee. Yeah. That was such a huge pivotal. Mm-hmm. I, I was able to be like, okay, I'm not weird. Mm-hmm. Like the Lord does mm-hmm. want to help integrate faith. Um, within the context of, of healing. And I think if it had not been for Dr. Bob and the other pioneers in the Catholic church, Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
we would not be where, like they said a yes. They said a yes to the Holy Spirit, which allowed more grace to fall upon all of us. And so I just, I just want to honor the people that have come before us that even Mm -hmm. in my personal walk that have really highly influenced. That's so good. So if if I'm a person like seeking more healing and I just, I've tried to go to counseling or I've tried to go to the Lord in prayer and I still haven't found breakthrough or freedom or healing. Like what would, what would you suggest for the person in the pew? Who's just like, man, I've been at this for years Mm -hmm. and I'm trying what, what more is there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I have a couple of things. I think sometimes, um, unfortunately, like because of the way our society is, I think we make things more pathological than what they really are. Mm -hmm. So because we have this predisposition or this fear of something is inherently wrong with me, um, that can go in lots of different places and cause more distress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that my number one answer is uh, intimacy with the Lord. Like mm-hmm. that is that is the crux of where all healing is going to come from, whether it comes from a secular place or whether it comes within the church. Um, I truly believe that it's it's within the Lord's intimacy, your relationship, your personal relationship with them. Um, and all persons of the Trinity and being able to navigate those places of, of hurt mm-hmm. and pain. Um, I mean, additionally to that, I think there are becoming more Catholic therapists that are becoming more mindful of mm-hmm. different areas of integration between faith mm-hmm. and mental health. Um, and I know just specifically at the JP2 Healing Center have just this spring, this is like, this is like so exciting for me. Like I'm like just beaming with excitement. Um, actually Dr. Bob and Jake Kim and sister Miriam and, and the, the team, um, in Tallahassee are bringing together mental health professionals that are Catholic. Oh, wow. And they're, so um, it's going to be a, a, a tight knit group. Um, but like we need mental health professionals that are truly obedient mm. and, and loving of our Catholic faith to help move this, this next wave out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so excited for the fruit that's going to come from that. Yeah. Um, Amen. I don't think we've had people that have cons- like that have been able to integrate that mm-hmm. in our Catholic Church, and so or I'm even so excited. About you that. have the people, but you don't necessarily have the support system for yes. those people. <clears throat> yeah, like I mean, I could imagine just the yeah, like you probably feel like a uh, by yourself a lot. Oh, hundred percent. Like, no one understands me. The, yes. the, the yeah. psychological world doesn't yes. understand me. The Catholic world doesn't yes. understand me. I'm yeah. just kind of like yes. here, right? Having having had experience in yeah. both a clinical setting yeah. and in you know a spiritual counseling yep. or mm-hmm. a, or mm-hmm. a you know, there's tons of words for it, whether yeah. it's, whether it's inner healing, whether it's deliverance, you know, having had experience in those contexts as well. Yep. Wh- I, what kind of, what kind of compare and contrast can you, can you show to see, you know, here are the gifts and here are the struggles yeah. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's the fruit that you've seen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly I'm a huge proponent of counseling and therapy. I think it's amazing. I think it's, even if it, the person isn't Christian or Catholic, there's a, there's a lot of good things that can happen. Um, I think in my own clinical work, I was always somewhat limited. I felt like I could get a patient or a client to a certain point. And then um, my skill sets and my tools and tricks uh, were unfortunately probably more like coping mechanisms for them um, that Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily propel them into healing, but had them in a better functioning place where they were able to enjoy more of their daily functioning life than they ever were before. And that Mm -hmm. was good. Um, I think when I first had the concept of, you know, uh, healing and wholeness and and deliverance and inner healing prayer. I was like, that is like weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm a psychologist. I don't believe in that. Like, this is mm-hmm. why you go to therapy. Like, yeah. this is an area the Lord can't touch. And the Lord throughout the years has really like rebuked me and uh, in a loving way mm-hmm. of like, no, Monica, like this is actually the design I've had the entire time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to say yes in places mm-hmm. where my pride wanted to say no mm-hmm. of being open to pray for someone for a mental health illness when 
the psychologist in me, that part of me, the intellectual side of me mm-hmm. didn't want to offend or didn't want to give false hope. Mm-hmm. Lord was like, you can't not, not include me in this. Like, yeah. This is my son. This is my daughter. And I, I need you to be open to this so they can experience what I have for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's been beautiful. Like, but I also think a caveat, I think there is this idea that like, once we pray for mental health to go away, it's just gone. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is we live in a battle where things come at us all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a one and done, just like with counseling, it's not mm-hmm. with a one and done, but it's a lifestyle of bringing Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in. It's a lifestyle of bringing Jesus in and asking him to take away the stuff that we are not supposed to mm-hmm. carry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's through that where I've been able to see tremendous breakthrough with people. Yeah. yeah. And I see that like, well, I love your answer with intimacy with the Lord because like in those type of like sessions or in those type of meetings, like that is what increases, right? That like I can increase yeah. in intimacy with the Lord, that I begin seeing myself back in that yeah. right light. I think that's why identity in, and intimacy are so critical next to each other because as I learn my identity, and I grow in intimacy, I begin seeing what the father says about me, right? Because I can just take my identity and make it a cool slogan or a good term, but unless I hear it from an influential source, right? It's like, then it's just another word that I add to missionary and uh, driver of a truck and like all the other things you do on a given day. Um, And so there is this like walk in identity and intimacy that I think is so powerful when it comes to. Well, I think even God in his goodness, he loves us so much that sometimes he exposes these things like in in our walks so that <clears throat> he can bring us more freedom Absolutely. and more healing. So yeah. if we think that when we come to the Lord, there's like healing's a one and done thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, it just, that isn't reality. Like I, it just in my own life, it's like, it, it's right. so cool that there in areas of identity where I was like, dude, totally like strong here, total freedom, total healing. Mm-hmm. Then <clears throat> and through a season of desolation, the Lord kind of removes some consolation, which mm-hmm. exposes some mm-hmm. other wounds that you're like, oh, I didn't even know that was there. It's and like have, a new layer. And you have two different options, right? right? One can be shame. Oh my gosh. Like I have this brokenness mm-hmm. inside of right. me and I'm not worthy to like mm-hmm. serve the Lord. And right. there's something, or man, God, you love me so much that you're giving me wisdom and knowledge to see that yeah. brokenness yeah. in me so that I can give it to you and you can heal it. Yeah. And there's so, so much freedom that if we don't see that the junk that sometimes comes up inside of us, if mm. we don't see it from a lens of shame, cause why mm-hmm. like in the garden, they hid, right? right? Exactly. And the why are you hiding from me? Like, exactly. like when I expose mm-hmm. something like that, it's mm-hmm. a gift so that I can bring it to you or mm-hmm. or bring it to the soul doctor. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that, but like, so, that, that, so that we could like ask ourselves, <laughs> Lord, how can you bring me more freedom? Well, how can you bring me more healing? When you were saying that, sorry, what the Lord was um was giving me an image when you were saying that of the Lion King, and Simba he sneaks <laughs> yes. in, he sneaks into the like um the other side, right, like the the darker realm mm. and. Um, he finds himself in trouble and Mufasa shows up and Mufasa brings Simba back and they have that amazing exchange as they go back. And the Lord was just showing me that like the reason that the Lord can reveal those areas and us not feel shame is because instead of us going in and him having to come in and save us, what if Mufasa invited Simba to come with him as he was maturing to say, let's go, let's go take a look at those. Yeah, let's yeah. go take a walk. Because there's a curiosity there in you. Like it, it's clear, like you, mm-hmm. you, keep, you keep looking over there and like as a good father, I see you seeing yes. that. Let's go take a look at it, but make sure that you continue to listen to my voice, right? Yeah. Because when Simba actually, like when he he begins taking his rightful place is when he looks into the water and he sees his father, right? Yeah. Like he's yeah. like, whoa, there's Mufasa, right? And, yeah. and so I, again, yeah, instead of yeah. going in there and trying to figure it out myself and like, what is happening? I'm in danger, right? Like Mufasa, Father God's always willing to come right. in there and save. Right. Yet there's a way to see that not in a, 
oh, I'm bad and I've gotten myself over yeah. my head. But like, what if instead of Simba stumbling there, Mufasa led him and said, well, let's look at this. What is it that's curious about this? What's I think there's a really valuable message in that too, especially just in today's, in today's uh, social and cultural climate, mm -hmm. right? That, that psychology and healing and health and wholeness, um, they actually... They, they have a place right now in the world stage, yep. right? Whether whether you're a part of the church, whether this is a ministry that mm -hmm. we're offering in Damascus or in Tallahassee or, or whatever, um, or whether you're in Hollywood or on Times Square, right? That, that, that there's a focus right now. There's an opportunity that, that says, I'm a human person. I have value and worth. And the areas of my heart that are broken are, are worthy of redemption. Mm -hmm. yeah. And... And for us as Christians, like that's, that is, that is a tenet of the Christian faith. Absolutely. That the world at, at this time, for whatever reason, has allowed the Holy Spirit to inspire and to speak into. Mm -hmm. Now, certainly the world can take and can twist that. Of course. But, but my invitation for us today, um, and maybe kind of in, in a concluding thought, uh, I'd love, I'd love to hear, you know, what if, what if the world's, the world's focus right now on on health and wholeness <laughs> in in a variety of different identity facets, some of which are are very, you know, off the path. Mm -hmm. What if this was an invitation for us mm -hmm. to evangelize, to bring the name of Jesus? Well yeah. that's a great I mean yeah. look what the church history, right? There's like there were there were there were orphans, and so the church created orphanages, right? There was this like yeah. like need for hospitals, and mm -hmm. the Catholic Church brought about the hospital system. There was a need for education, and out of the like church rises mm -hmm. Catholic education. Like there is a bubbling need for mental health, right? And and the whole person health, like as you said, like the church can respond in a powerful way here. Well, and right? the church has already responded, which I think is like the the like JP two. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. our church fathers and our church history, just like who Mother Church is, it's already there. Yeah. We just haven't realized it. So it's yeah. kind of like mm -hmm. a that's rediscovery really of of the goodness that's already there. And I think mm -hmm. I do believe that this this new awareness will allow and foster the greater intimacy in our churches mm -hmm. where like Catholics are no longer like culturally Catholic. They are yeah. actually authentically Catholic in relationship with Jesus. And I feel like the, the movement the Holy Spirit is inviting people to engage in with them through healing. It's not about like, I no longer have depression or I no longer have like a bum leg. It's like the Lord God in heaven, who's creator of everything, mm -hmm. sees me so much and cares for me so much. He mm. wants to touch me in this moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when somebody has that encounter, that yeah. is like invitation to actually become a participant mm -hmm. in the church instead of just like mm -hmm. a person that sits yeah. with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's rediscovering basic truths. Like think about... I was just thinking this through like, okay, let's say there's someone out there that has no context for faith. Right. And they're, and they're like, they're struggling with their life. They're trying to put it together. Like, and let's say they had no connotation to just absolute reject these basic things. But if you just explained but these basic truths, right? God is good. Nothing is impossible. Jesus won your victory. Right. Like that would be amazing. Add to that. You are significant and he has a plan for you. <laughs> and like all of a sudden it's like, like you're, those you're basic truths. Yeah. No, it's back to the foundation. It's like, wait, there's, there's purpose here. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like there's purpose in like what I'm doing. There's purpose in me getting up today and me living this life that's in front of me. Like the, those basic truths again, like I, I think it's such an invitation to mission is what I'm yeah. getting at that. Like you yeah. don't have to know all of the deep theological truths. Nope. It's like those basic things to that person 
would save them from so many patterns that they're in, you know? Well, you, what you guys are saying is really interesting. Cause I think it, it's a renewal of the mind here too. It's not even the, so <clears throat> Monica, it, it sounded like you said, it's not even about the end game. It's not no. about I'm freed from anxiety. I'm nope. freed from whatever the bummed leg. It's about, it's, it's about the game. It's about the, the, the process of me going before the father and experiencing the father's love. That is redemption. Yes. And the, yes. the healing will always come a hundred percent of the time, yes. no matter what it, like the Lord always brings healing. Right. Mm -hmm. But the process is where the, the grace is. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. really neat. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's where relationships at. Relationships not in like the end, you know. Like I, I, my, my I got married, so I'm done. Right exactly, now, right? That's I, how it exactly, is yeah, Nina. exactly. No. So yeah, Nina and I got married, and now the relationship is like no. It's there's every step of the way. It's actually like greater exposure, Continual right? Like exactly. So yeah. I, I think that is a really good word, Dan, because the 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 father, like, yeah, he doesn't desire like. Okay, now you're at a place where you don't need me anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. here we go. It's like, wait, what? No. Like, I'm always going to be in a place where I want you to be in relationship with yeah. me. Well, right? if you're lacking hope, it's like, we're, I mean, there's so much, like, am I experiencing the Father's love <laughs> and where I am right now? Like, sure. and that's, if that's what I'm running after, if I'm not running after this, like, the, this, uh, like, end game, but I'm running after the Father's mm -hmm. love, like, that's really exciting. And that's, yeah. that's something I can control as yeah, well, you know? Like, sometimes it feels like whatever I'm dealing with in life, I, I have no control over, but I can... And you're I can, not supposed to, because <laughs> you're not God. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I can, can, like, I can go before the Lord and yeah. receive His love. Yeah. Well, uh, I, this is awesome. I want to I wanna wrap up. <laughs> Up today's yeah. uh, today's time with with some intentional prayer uh, for mm -hmm. this community. Um, two things that I want to say uh, before. Number one, somehow it's the middle of December and it's like zero degrees outside, but there is still a living fly in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought I did so well to like not focus. Yeah. I was like, okay. If you're watching on. this podcast, rewind and just try to find the fly as it, <laughs> as it goes around. That's a good game. That's yeah. good, Dan. That's good. I, when I was a kid, I uh, oh man, what was the... There, we, I had those books where you had to find like the squirrel on, uh, on oh, every it's page, perfect. right? It's perfect. Yeah, like yeah, every yeah. episode... Like a Where's Waldo book with squirrels? We, it was highlights. Little Critter. Little Critter. Little Critter? And he had this I, little I mouse, didn't know this. And you had to find little critters okay. in the house. They didn't tell you to find it. I just always found it because he, he was hiding in all the different pages. And so I feel like yeah, hidden in every you. Beyond Damascus <laughs> is a fly. Yeah. And so go back to all the episodes and look for yeah, the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you find the fly, make sure you post, oh, like 45 minutes yes. and 30 seconds, mm -hmm. found the fly. I there could be Agreed. multiple flies too. So yes, that's like a double yes, bonus, yes, 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 double yeah, portion. Yeah. This is the little critter it's game David, David on is, Beyond David Damascus. David is raising a fly. I know. I, know. <laughs> I bring flies each week. Go, little critter. I'm so, so curious <laughs> that you had to find a squirrel. I, it wasn't I, a squirrel, it was a mouse. That's fine. Okay, okay, okay. Childhood. Okay. I'm let's, sorry. Let's pray. <laughs> You're the one that took us off the tangent, but you can't be frustrated. I'm pulling it back. I'm pulling it back. All right. Um, I, I want to I hit on, on two areas. Number one, if you have found your place, if you have found yourself in a place of, of feeling, I am, I am not ready or I am um, ill-equipped Ill or mm -hmm. I'm unworthy mm. to receive the call that God's placed on my life because of a brokenness that I have inside of me, um, this prayer is for you today. Yeah. And... Number two, if you are an individual who you believe that God's placed a burden on your soul mm -hmm. for, for mental health, um, we want to pray for you as well to speak for the purpose that God has on your life and, uh, and to witness to the fact that, mm -hmm. that there, is, there is opportunity to live that call in the context of faith. Mm -hmm. Monica, would you kick us off in prayer? Sure. Mm -hmm. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord God, we just thank you for 
who you are, Lord. We thank you for the, your nature. We thank you for thank how you good Jesus. you are. We mm-hmm. thank you for how you are provider. And we just ask right now, Lord, that anybody who's listening, um, but just is in need of a touch of you, like mm-hmm. we just ask uh, for your Holy Spirit to fall on them, that Papa, that you touch them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that Jesus, that you come alongside of them. I ask that any uh, scales that have been on eyes, that just may be removed in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and they can be able to see that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord, I pray that you would give everyone listening today hope. This comes from John 1, and it's in verse 4 and 5. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. Mm -hmm. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Lord, I pray that you would give us hope that no matter what darkness we're in, light can never be overcome by darkness. So we just welcome your light into Mm -hmm. any area of our life, God. And we pray that you would be there with us as you illuminate and you show us new things, mm-hmm. new realities, new ways of living, new ways of thinking. Yes, and we pray that we would be encouraged, inspired, and strengthened by the fact that you're alongside us in the journey. Thank you, Lord, for bringing your light, for bringing your life so that we would take out of darkness and out of death mm-hmm. all of ourselves mm. and live in your wondrous <laughs> presence. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just want your love to fall so much right now. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, if you're, I just... <laughs> See someone in their kitchen just with their arms out, just receiving the Father's love right now. Just open your hands and just receive more of the Father's love. Come, Holy Spirit, fill, fill, Lord. Fill them with the Father's love. Abba, 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 Abba. Father, fill your children. Send out a spirit of adoption right now, that they would become your sons, that they would know that they would know that they're your sons, that they would know that they are your daughters. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for for speaking purpose and, and for speaking hope. Mm-hmm. Um, that that you have you have the mm-hmm. words that can save. That none of us are lost. And God, we we Thank we close you. in reminding ourselves of that promise that you make for us. That you, Lord, you desire our freedom more than we do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the champion for our wholeness. For every area in our life that we are broken, you see it, and and you believe that it's incompatible with the call that you've placed on us. So we partner with you, Jesus. We pray that you draw us closer to yourself. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Live your life on mission. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can live your life on mission in, mm-hmm. in, in any and every context, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. For those of you particularly who have been inspired by today's show, um, who may feel like there's a call in your life in an area of uh, psychological service or... Um, or medical service, I pray that I pray that that spark would begin to uh, expand into flame. In yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, regardless of where you're coming from today, if you enjoyed today's content, please like and uh, and subscribe, and please feel free to share this with somebody who you know who might have a heart for this topic or for others. Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. So check out any of the other varieties of shows that that we've got here on the channel. Mm-hmm. Um, for insights into how you can live mission in your life every day. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Have a good one.